0: As a young professional, my ego was way too fragile, and I wasn't really good at like taking feedback. I would, I would listen to it, but I had a hard time not taking it personally.
1: Welcome to Becoming Better with Jeff Ponders. We deal with who we are, where we've been, where we're going, and who we're becoming to get there. It's time to leave your ego at the door and deal with real life. It's time to become better. So first of all matt thank you so much for being on the be better podcast um it's really cool to have you here this i grew up in this home i spent i was we moved here when i was one um and so literally all of my actually no i have like one memory before i was before we moved here which is crazy to actually have that memory um but all of my memories growing up stem from this house and who i am and who i'm becoming who i'm becoming is rooted here so I got my friends here. Yay.
0: That's so cool. It's um I bounced around to a couple different homes growing up and so there's it's hard for me. There's no there's there's there are a few buildings that I can walk into without somebody calling the police that I could feel that sense of nostalgia. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, it's it's funny. Just knowing you, I can't imagine anybody calling the police on you maybe for you. Or to to help you cover something up because you have enough friends out there.
0: Um, yeah, who are you? I, I I grew up here. You know, I just want to <laughs> c- come back and see what's going on, and you know, maybe uh, have some nostalgia. But uh, no, 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 it's okay. Don't call anyone. Please, please don't okay. call the people. I, I won't. I, won't uh, I don't mean any harm. Yeah,
1: but but you, but I also imagine that you might come in with you might be mildly suited or booted. Maybe actually, actually, no. Even if you came in like this, it's like, where's your ski
0: gear? Mm. You know, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. But no, it's 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 a pleasure, Jeff. I thank the world of you. I'm excited for this uh, series that you're working on and, and uh, being here in your childhood home. It's really, really cool. Cool, man. Um, so
1: just a little bit about you. So, I, so the Matt Rowling that I know is an entrepreneur, an educator, an operator, an accountant, a board advisor um one of the most connected people in the metro detroit area pretty much if matt Rowling's name is attached to it you should probably pay attention um i'd love to hear from you
0: like who who are you today what's what's going on in your world oh boy um i, I you know i it's that's really nice for you to say that because i look back on the last 12 months and like most people it's been a lot of anxiety and um you know, worrying about the future, and and I think all of us are really, wherever you are, right? If things are going amazing, or you're you're struggling, you're you're having these deep conversations with yourself about who you are, um, and and for me, I'm like you, a huge extrovert, and so the last 12 months have been really difficult, and so I really. Instead of you know painting or hiking or reading books, I just rolled up my sleeves and did as much crazy shit as I, <laughs> you know. I mean that. Like I was just I would, you know I would I would try to you know I would I would try to do. In, anytime somebody asked me to do something interesting, I would try. To, I would go out of my way to say yes, which I know is sometimes you know frowned upon. A lot of successful people say you've got you know it's all about learning to say no and you've got to narrow your focus but I just had so much, especially when the, when the, when the pandemic first started to hit, I felt very guilty that there was so much destruction and death and that I was kind of sitting in my yuppie palace, just kind of, you know, in the safety, relative safety and comfort. And so, um, you know, I tried to do, I, I, myself and a couple other folks in Detroit, we'd start to do, um, uh, live stream about, for small business, you know, we raised some money for some causes that I felt were important. And, uh, and then um, I came up with this passion project of uh, Professor X, which is um, uh, just trying to, it's, it's basically a, 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 a letter to my 23, 24 year old self about how I could have a better relationship with money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then at, at work, I work at Wayne State, and and um, you know we're we're busy trying to help support our faculty and students so that they can, you know, bring their inventions to the world or or their ideas to the world. So it literally
1: sounds like your entire world is around helping people, <laughs> which is all. Awesome. But it's I think that's amazing, man. I, you know, I, as we think about what's happened over the last, has it been a year? Has it been like five? I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of lost in the vortex right now.
0: I, I'm just rounding up, you know, like it's don't even, so like 20 years of yeah. a, a pandemic. <laughs> it's been the somebody said it was the fastest, slowest year ever. And it's <laughs> I couldn't. It's so true. But yeah, uh,
1: no, it's, it's, it's funny you say that, man. I, and just looking at this this year um, as so many people, all you know, all of us being rel- at least relatively sheltered in place, if for no other reason that we can't go the places that we'd otherwise go and do things are shut down. Um, you know we were forced to look in the mirror a lot or look at YouTube and Netflix um, pick you know pick your screen if you will um, and you know it's one you know you've, you've got these different schools of thought. Uh, you know some folks are saying if you don't come out of the pandemic with a business you're not doing enough you other folks saying hey just love yourself and it's interesting to see you with a different uh, it sounds like a different perspective which is not how can I build something new necessarily, even though you did, or how can I take care of myself even though you did, it was how can I help more people? Um, especially you know, not, being, not being a frontline worker per se, like you're not working in a hospital, um, you're an educator, but it wasn't necessarily working with K through 12, right? You're working with university folks and even in a different position in this, in this case. Um, I think it's admirable that you took advantage of this time to not sit in the Yuppie Palace, which is hilarious, um, but to be proactive about finding ways to help people, uh, so I'd I'd love to hear where this altruistic side of you came from. Like, as a family, when you were growing up, were you given a lot, or you know, were you guys supporting causes? How did where did this come from? How did you be? How did you become the Matt Raleigh?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess you know, here we are sitting in your the home you grew up in. I mean, we're all kind of uh, products of our environment to a degree, and. You know, my 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 mom. I mean, we we uh, we didn't have a extravagant home. We grew up in kind of a rural part of Wisconsin, and um, uh, you know, she just had my mom, especially my dad. Maybe not so much. He was he was a little more uh, maybe had a casual relationship with morality, but my mom uh, had a really highly developed sense of right and wrong. And so, any time that we would be reading or learning about things in school and we would talk about them, she would she would have a very strong opinions about what was right and what was wrong. And um and so I think as I as I kind of, you know, embarked on my career and I remember um when I when I told her that I was studying to be an accountant and she started crying and she said, you know, I really thought you were gonna be an artist or an architect and I'm like I'm like I just want to put food on the table what's the problem you know uh but but I mean and we didn't even have money so it was kind of a it was that I think that just was kind of a, a, a emblematic of like how she viewed the but those, world wait, those are sorrowful tears they weren't happy tears. those were not happy tears Word. yeah she was disappointed she thought that I could have been this great creative person and that, and I'm not saying I can't, but yeah. you know, she, she got over it quickly. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> something, it didn't make Thanksgiving awkward, but um, you know, as soon as I started to kind of, um, you know, n- have have gotten to the point in my career was where I was, you know, making a good living and everything, she would be very, you know, we all want to make our parents proud. Yeah. And then, and then as I started to, to kind of um, do good things and, and I would, and I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Um, you know, coming of age in Detroit where I think um, it's hard not to see the city as something bigger than yourself. Uh, One of my best friends from high school, he moved to the Bay Area and, um, you know, I'd visit visit him and his partner and they would go to brunch in beautiful places and walk in beautiful places and everything was perfect and pristine and all of the world's problems were an abstraction that was kind of tucked away in a corner of San Francisco, you know. And so there was nothing I would I would go visit them and I'd say, "Well, wow, there's nothing to fix. Like there's nothing there nothing needs to be better here in San Francisco. Everything's perfect." And 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 so I think in Detroit, you know, if you're here, if you've if you've been in the city the last, you know, 10-20 years, you you're you kind of can't help but try and make it a better place. And and so I've certainly been inspired by by my friends and and peers here in Detroit and all all the amazing things that they've done.
1: That's awesome, man. So growing up in Wisconsin, visiting your friend in the Bay, how did you end up landing from Wisconsin where those shameful Packers play?
0: They are man. Like boss, that loss tore my heart out. It's like Aaron's, Aaron Rodgers finally with the showdown of Tom Brady. Can't beat the forty-three-year-old. You can't.
1: I and mean, you know, growing up in Detroit and being a, a Wolverine fan my entire life. Thanks, Dad. Um, seeing Tom Brady take down the Packers. You know, only thing that would have been better if it had been the Lions beating the Packers. But we just can't seem to get that right right now. Um, that's an, that's another conversation. We're gonna talk about being better with the Lions one day, <laughs> but how did you how did you land in Detroit, coming from Wisconsin? I, I can just imagine you had a bunch of angst and knots in your stomach.
0: Oh coming, no, not at all. Coming I, to Lions I, Day, I, uh, I I I just told this story to somebody the other day. I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, um, you you are just pumped full of pride. On, on, it's not founded, but you know, <laughs> it's just part and parcel with growing up there. You know, we have. Harley Davidson, this great yeah. you know biking culture. We have you know, cheese, uh, the Packers, great cheese. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people just have a lot of pride, you know, in in in, in place, in, in Wisconsin. And I moved to Michigan um, to work after I worked at General Motors as an intern in college, and then I decided to come here full time. And I I came here, and you know, again, this is a while ago, and and people are just looking at me like. Why did you come here? This place sucks. Like, why are you here? Why did you come here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like Wisconsin, but there's more diversity and it's prettier and it's a larger, more interesting economy. It's made more interesting cultural contributions to planet Earth, you know? Like, you know, pizza, bowling, Motown, <laughs> techno. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I think the Republican Party came from Wisconsin and, and that's about it. But, um, and, and some amazing cheese. Uh, but, uh, but so cheese. it was, it was, and, and I, uh, and I loved the history, like Detroit's has, has history is so complex and, and there's a lot of scar tissue obviously, but there's also a lot of humility I think in, in Metro Detroit that I think is really attractive that you don't get in other major cities in the U S. Uh, and so that was something that, that, that always uh, resonated with me.
1: That's awesome, man. I, 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 I appreciate, your ability to look at the larger picture and 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 consider the flowers versus the thorns that exist in the garden. You know, it's funny when when I think about Detroit and you know being a native Detroiter. I, you know, I spent time in Philadelphia for college and I came back um, with the idea of helping helping Detroit be better and building career and family here. Um, but in, the conversation about Detroit is often filled with you know the pains of. Of the city, whether it's about whether it's about the leadership or lack thereof, in some cases, it's about the economy. It's always about these things that have gone wrong. Um, and I, I it, you know, Detroit's a beautiful city with a rich, rich, valuable, just gorgeous history, if you will. Um, but it's easy again. It's easy to come back to a lot of mistakes that have happened. Um, I want to get a little personal. I want to hear about the biggest mistake
0: in your life. The biggest mistake in my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I will, I will tell you about, you know, there's, there's and if this doesn't um, satisfy you, you can dig deeper. But I would say that there is a mindset that haunted me from basically my childhood to just up until about two or three years ago. And, and it's, it's hard for me to admit, which is part of the problem. And I, I was good at faking it, but I hated feedback. I hated it. I hated it so much. I thought, like, I would, I would kind of just nod, swallow my pride. I would kind of just roll with the punches. But kind of in in college or or as a young professional, I had, I had my ego was way too fragile, and I wasn't really good at like taking feedback. I would, I would listen to it, but I had a hard time not taking it personally. Really. hundred percent. It's, it's like in the last in the last 3 years i've had a lot of life events that have right. changed probably the i was uh, i was talking to a colleague probably about 4 or 5 years ago and he said something to me that 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 i'll never ever forget and he said you know when somebody says something to us that we we don't like and it kind of you know some, some feedback right. and if if, if 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 it if it hurts us inside that's that's nature's way of telling us that we think it might be true yeah
1: I, man, I love that concept. It's funny because, so my my parents we're in, my, we're in my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, and my mom, my parents would always tell me like, don't get into fights. Um, like you know, like you have like you remember growing up in school, somebody say your mom is stupid, and somebody's like, what? Don't talk about my mama. I'm ready to fight you now. And and so they would say, don't get into a fight because somebody calls me a name or calls you a name. You know, say you say your mom's a bee. It's like don't fight because of that. Say, What if they said, your mom's a door. Is your mom a door? No, she's not a door. Does that sound stupid? Yeah, it sounds stupid. Why are you gonna fight over something stupid? Um, but the the message in that was this idea of if it's not true, it's not worth the additional energy and risk and danger that, it, that involves you know, tackling it. Um, and so the idea of like I could think back to personal experiences, whether over the last three months or the last three years of. Oh, that not, and it's, it, it's, it's true. It's when we find ourselves facing uncomfortable truths or just uncomfortable possibilities um, that we don't necessarily want to go investigate with the fear of finding out that they are true. Um, that crap sucks. But um, the flip side is, and I, I'd love to, personally, I, my, my experience has been that when I've tackled those things, I slept better at night. Um, it wasn't that it was easy. But I found not only peace, but I found that I was growing um, because I was able to actually deal with the things that were real and hope potentially holding me back. So how did you actually, you know, recognizing this angst about feedback um, and the anxiety that it caused? That's a really, it was a good answer, by the way. Um, (laughs) How did you actually come to conquer that demon?
0: I put myself in a situation where I had no choice but to conquer it, and um, you know that was taking over a a basically almost defunct startup in the Quicken Loans empire. And um, when you're, you know, as you know, when you're when you're in that you know entrepreneurial situation, for for starters. Feedback is critical; yeah. it's everything because you need people to be telling you what's right and wrong. But then, you know, you're you're, you're kind of faced with it every day because you, time is of the essence when you're trying to build something, and and so you you can't kind of go through the coddling or the political like you can't. Sometimes you can you can give feedback that over over a, a long duration of time, right? And you kind of like. Leave a trail of breadcrumbs, or people leave you a trail of breadcrumbs, because it's you know you're working at a large company and it's going to be around for a long time. And you're going to be working together for a while, and you have to you can you can kind of like slow play it. But when you're when you're in a startup or, or organization that's growing quickly, you you can't afford you don't have that luxury. Not at all, man. And so and ultimately, um, you know there was a this this company had a couple million dollars and preferred. Uh, debt I mean it was it was on the the cap table was under the capitalization table was underwater. it was it was it was a hard it was it would have been one hell of a thing if I had pulled it off and I certainly made a ton of mistakes along the way that contributed to it dying but then you know I had this moment in 2018 where within the span of a month you know I, I turn off the lights on this company and I help the seven employees go find new jobs and I you know the 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 board we just we put about half a million dollars in fresh capital into it and it was all going away and then i also had my mom pass from breast cancer within like a month and i'm just like you know what there's like nothing there's like nothing that somebody could say or, there's nothing that could happen in the world that could trump the pain the professional and, and emotional uh, uh the pain of these two events happening so close together like there's nothing there's nothing anyone can do or say that can hurt me, you know, at this point. And and so it was it was kind of, you know, I had these these events that just forced me into a place where 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 criticism was just something I could I could take in a way that that I that I really that ten year five, ten years before I wouldn't have been able to deal with.
1: Man, that's that's a really powerful it's not I wanna call it a set of circumstances, it's a powerful moment in life. Um you know, we talk about the idea of rock bottom. It's funny, I'm doing my Matt Rowling cans right now. <laughs> we talk about rock bottom. and Rock bottom looks like very different things for a lot of people. And it sounds like that might've been a rock bottom for you. I, my company failed. I lost my mom, which, you know, to me, that's one of the scariest things in the world. Like, it's, you know, I, it's generally speaking, it's inevitable, but, um, and to have them happen practically in the same breath um, it's, it's, it's hard. Well,
0: and you know, it was, uh, I'd been at the, the rock Quicken company for about six or seven years. And it, you know, for your listeners that aren't from Detroit, it's, it's kind of the, the, the glamorous place to be. And so it was. it was almost like I had this naked moment where I'm like, well, I'm going to see who my friends are now, you know, cause I've, you've had these tremendous things that happen. Boom, boom. One after the other, your happiness is an inside job and and so um you know you you learn you you kind of come back you come back to that baseline and you you know rather quickly and you're you know you're resilient and and so you know i think in the in the in the storytelling that you'd like to do i, I think resiliency is really a critical message because yeah. you know you see that ability to bounce back from those because all those those things happen to everyone all the time yeah. you know if you're lucky your parents pass before you do right You know, if you're lucky, you get to bury your parents. As as ridiculous as it sounds.
1: And no, not at all, because the flip side is as a parent, you know, I've got three. As much as it's scary to lose my mom, I can't even imagine losing one of my kids, man. Like,
0: you would never, there is nothing in planet Earth that would ever make you make that trade. Absolutely not. And it's,
1: And that, that's what it's like. You you don't want to ever have to choose either. But yeah,
0: but but it's it's that that is how you want it to play out.
1: Absolutely right. Um, you know, as I think about that moment for you, um, I'd love to hear about. I love that you identify this resilience um, and the idea that. You can't really get worse than this. This sucks and it can't. I mean, you, I'm sure if we got if we decided to play imagination, we could find some things that would make it worse, but it can't really get worse than that. I mean, it's, you know, stripping—it's a stripping way. You call it naked. Um, it's funny. In, in the book, in the the book better that we're that we're that we're writing, um, we talk about the moment where you stand naked in front of the mirror—not literally, sometimes literally—but where you just everything's been stripped away from you. What happened in that moment for you, as personal tragedy, professional tragedy, and you're just looking at yourself? I mean, you called your friends, but friends aside, you just looked at Matt. You say, what what were you saying to yourself as you stared? As you just literally looked at yourself in the ashes?
0: Um, I've had I've had uh, this conversation with a few of my friends that have lost parents, and, th- and they seem to agree with this. This is a half baked theory, but one of the and and every person's relationship with their parents is unique, and and uh, and, and it's hard. I don't mean to cast a big blanket across every, everyone's relationships. But what I've experienced with death, with the death of my parents, is that death has this really wonderful um, ability to make you forget all of the things about somebody that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, when I, when I think about my dad and I think about my mom, it's like when death just kind of washes away. What for me, washed away a lot of the the petty squabbles or the, you know, the, the I can't you know, I can't believe they were did this or that or whatever, and so it's given me like a nice like I only I only have fond memories of both of them, and and on top of that, with my dad, I was after my mom passed. He, he passed when I was probably 27, and I was in I would took a trip to Iceland. You know went, went with a friend and just kind of drove around this beautiful place and I was thinking about my dad and i'd always I always thought of my dad as kind of a loser because he wasn't commercially successful he was a very smart, charming guy that never did shit, like he was always somebody who was like full of big ideas that never petered out mm-hmm. but But the thing I didn't see, and this and it was like literally ten years after he passed, I had this moment where I was like, you know that guy." before I was born, and I never saw it, he quit drinking, and, and he, was, he had a problem. Like, crashing cars, getting thrown in jail, like, he had a problem. This, I'm not talking like, you know, dry January or whatever the people are doing these days. And, and so, I, I think of, and he, he came from an environment where he saw that every day with his dad. And so, I, I said, you know what, this dude, like, did something special. You know, he, he, he prevented three, three kids from growing up in that same environment. And so I think the first thing to answer your question, in that moment, the first thing I did is I had this kind of magical coming to terms with both of my parents. It was like it was like the end of the story. You know, it's like I read to the end of the story for their lives, and I was like, you know what? These were really good people that did their best, and that kind of gave me the freedom to like be alone.
1: You probably can't see the little the mist dancing in my eyes here. Cause I'm not willing to cry on camera today. <laughs> I, won't t- I won't tell. I won't tell anybody. They won't see it. They won't
0: see it, Jeff. It's a po- it's a podcast.
1: <laughs> no, um, it's really interesting. I I I can share a lot of you know. I have not. Lo- I'm not lost my parents to date. Um, but I I understand the sentiment. And I don't. You know, it's interesting even how you looked at them and how. You know, in your own experience in coming to terms with the lo- reality, it was it was about you but it's also about them and you know effectively putting a capstone on the story um, and that's and it's a beautiful idea you know one, one of the things we we talk about a lot um is that, that in the mirror moment you know that moment's really about acceptance and and it's being able to look at it in, in an entire story like I'm, i think about it as an individual in this case looking at your parents but it's you know true with you, me, and anybody listening or watching, you know, right now is literally a bookend for the story that's preceded us. Um, and being able to look and just like you do with your parents and say, I see the end of the story or at least this moment right now. And I can look back and say, here's the rest of it and find an acceptable definition, an acceptable meaning with the story that is at this moment and find the beauty in it. I think that that's one it's, it's a really healthy thing to do. It can also be a very hard thing. Example, you know, a lot of times it doesn't happen until we find our, ourselves closing chapters or closing books, whether it's relationships or jobs, um, you know, literally people in some cases. Um, I think it's interesting to be able to do it with ourselves though too. Like Matt Rowling today, this is your book, this is the bookend from everything that happened before. And you, like I know you well enough to know you li- I think you like yourself most of the time.
0: Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm still, when you're kind of a type A personality, I think you feel like, you know, w- what's the what's the Lord's prayer? Uh, you know, accept the things you can't change, change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? That, that wisdom to know the difference, I think, for type A personalities can be a very, uh, difficult, uh, bridge to cross. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, you, 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 and it's, and, and again, it's, you know, you're, you you can do anything, but you can't do everything, and and so I think it's hard to sometimes kind of allow yourself the the, the freedom to not do certain things, which I clearly struggle with. So,
1: I'm raising my hand. I'm I'm in that camp too. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting being a person who has a ton of capacity, and honestly, I think everybody has a lot of capacity. But accepting that with all the things that we're capable of. We can't do everything that is possible with that capability, just based on, if, if nothing else, other just the, the confines of time and resources. Um, but acceptance being a really, really powerful word. So let, let me take you from acceptance to, let me give you a new word, uh, hope and aspiration. Uh, so you know, we talked about acceptance with parents and yourself and the journey that you've been on. Tell me, tell me a little bit about you know, about where you're headed. In fact, I'll, I'll give you the question like this. Um, so today is the youngest that you'll ever be. Today is the youngest you'll ever be again. Who do you wanna be when
0: you grow up? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I picture like a really rakish, rugged old man that drives a vintage Jaguar and has a home somewhere where there's like tall grass and like a sea breeze and he has like kind of fun hobbies like he paints or gardens or something. And you know, a hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. And that may uh, or may not be available <laughs> depending on when you watch this. Right? Uh, but uh, no, I don't know. You know, it's, it's uh, like, I, I think you have to, um, you have to be up to, being a human being, I think you have to be, even even the cynics, I think secretly deep down inside they're optimists because it's just I can't imagine waking up and not thinking there's there's that it's gonna be better tomorrow. Um, who do I wanna be when I grow up? Oh boy, Jeff. You know, I it's I'm this is I've never been a good believe it or I mean I'm, I'm a for like the next six months, for for the next six hours and the next six days, and the next six months, my life is like locked down, you know. But beyond that it starts to get a little fuzzy. Um you know, I, I when I when I when I try to when I try when I try to teach people about money, one of the things that I always try to impart is is this is this um, creating empathy for your future self, and I and I you know try to suggest that people have conversations with your future self, and you say, hey, yep. you know, sixty year old Matt, you know, fifty five year old Jeff, uh, what do you want me to do, right? And and that person grabs you by the collar and says, you know. Stop eating and drinking so much and save more money. God damn it! <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, and and you should really see a therapist about that hip thing because that's going to be a bad in twenty years. You know, so like, uh, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, so I think um, you know if you have a if you if you if you're focused, at, you know, the number one the number one rule is a healthy mind, healthy body, and, and then everything else kind of I think kind of takes care of itself. I know that's a boring answer, but that's a
1: really boring answer. I know. I don't even know if I'm gonna let you off the hook on it. You
0: don't have to. You can. You uh, can. I mean, you you know, you know, I won't if I. Yeah. I don't choose to.
1: So, so, for what it's worth. I think the first part of the answer was fun, which is the rugged guy. I mean, let me I mean, what I means I mean, we're gonna play a little less tennis and do more weightlifting?
0: No, 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 no. He's well. That's a good point. Like, it's it's. I'm not sure if it's L.L. Bean or Lacoste. (laughs) (laughs) I think it depends on the season.
1: That's that's fair.
0: That's fair. And you can grow a great beard, so you can do the whole salt and pepper thing.
1: That's cool. You got good hair. I don't think you're losing your hairline. Uh, No, you're doing okay. You're you're holding on pretty pretty strong here. I'm searching for wood to knock on. Yep, it's it's, it's all around. You can knock on the floor here. (laughs) Um, But we talked a lot about the half stuff, which is cool. Like, hey, like the hot wife, everybody wants a hot wife and or husband, depending on where you're coming from. Cool, um, you know, the house. Like, talked about a lot of the half stuff and healthy mind, healthy body, general states of being. But who do you want to be? Like, what type? I'll, what type of thoughts do you want to think? What kind of decisions do you want to be making when you are that guy down there?
0: Well, I mean, at that point, I'd like to really just kind of I, it, I i think you know it takes a lot of it takes a lot of energy to to do you know if you're i think about like you know madonna and mickey mantle and the elon musk and the michael jordan muhammad ali like hold, hold there's like the I want you to list to people somewhere. again. That
1: was like the craziest list ever. You said I'm going somewhere. I'm Madonna, going somewhere. Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Man,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know it's an old reference, an yeah, old school yeah. reference. Yeah. But like, I think one of the you you see these it, everyone wants to be rich and famous, and they don't really realize the amount of time and energy and dedication. You know, Kobe Bryant, right? How many free throws did that guy shoot in his life? You know,
1: About 25 million. 25 yeah. million, right?
0: Like it's it's like there is just there's just so much energy that goes into into making things better or being the best and and so i'd like to think at some point i'm can not be as obsessed i'm not i'm not i'm 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 not trying to draw a comparison with any of those people but i'm i'm trying to say that when you're trying to do a lot of great things it, it takes a lot of energy and so i hope i can kind of like relax I hope i can relax and enjoy you know the last couple decades of my life and just like chill chill the heck out you know and uh and so that's that's my answer to your question but but if you if you if you want something a little more concrete i think i've always when i look back at the things that have given me the most pleasure in my life it's always been working with a small group of people that i really like on something that really positively impacts society you know and so and, and I've had a couple of those moments, and they've you know rarely been compensated and they've been just filled me with um, a ton of joy and, and, and fulfillment. And I hope I get to do a lot more of that stuff before I die.
1: Man, I love that. So I mean, that actually completely sounds like the person that you are today.
0: Yeah. Mostly, yeah. I mean, it's a little less, you know. These days, it's over Zoom, and you know, I'm not wearing nice pants, but you know, like it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I feel very fulfilled in the work that I do. Yeah. And and so I don't, I don't want, you know. I, I was joking with you off camera about how I was on a, a fancy person meeting this morning, and I had my video turned off because I didn't have. I didn't feel like a. I didn't feel like I had to. And it was with a. I didn't feel compelled to. I'm not. I'm not aspiring to anything higher. You know what I mean? Like, and not. I'm not. You know. I don't know if that sounds good or not. No, no. So I. I think one of the most powerful
1: places to be, is exactly where you are, and being happy, being the person that you are. Um, like I'm. I'm consumed with this idea of what am I thinking about. What am I saying? What am I doing? And if I am doing if I'm thinking, speaking and doing the things that are in line with the person that I desire to be, if I'm doing those things today, it's not about what more is there to do. It's just keep doing it and and being able to ride that idea of I'm being who I'm supposed to be. Therefore, I'm going to go where I'm supposed to go Um, and I'll be able to do the things I'm supposed to do because. I'm really good with who I am. So I think it's beautiful to be, I mean, a good a good friend of mine actually, a client would call it walking in authenticity.
0: Um, yeah, and I think that's what we all, you know, you and I have talked before about this concept of like the mask or game face. Yeah. And I know, I know, and that, and that, that is a really, that, that whole concept is fraught. There's a lot there, right? I mean, especially if you are underrepresented in mainstream society, it can be a lot, a lot, a lot. And, but I think when you're, we're all striving to kind of get to a place where, we, you know, the defensive side of it is that we just, we, we don't care what, we don't care. It's not that we don't care what happens, but we're comfortable with any outcome. And then the offensive side of that is that then we can really be focused on delivering value for everyone else. And we can, you know, see the, the focus on the mission and the vision and all that kind of good stuff. And that gives you the ability to say to yourself, well, there might come a day where the vision of this, and the mission of this is no longer no longer includes me, you know. Right. And that, and then when you can really kind of get to that point, then you're operating at a really high level. I, I love that idea, man. I, and I think
1: was was kind of hit the the secret that's hidden in there is this idea that when we operate at our highest capacity and we operate with authenticity, we are being who we're supposed to be it also unlocks others ability to do the same. And you didn't like, you you don't think you said, necessarily said it like this, but you know, if if it's I'm operating within an organization and now they don't need me anymore, that's because you've empowered them to become better where the role that you were in is fulfilled. Um, And I think, but what I found to be true also is that when you are able to go into those spaces and operate with authenticity, it gives other people permission to do the same thing. It's almost like, it's like being in class and waiting for somebody to ask the first question, um, and now you feel free enough to take a risk. Um, so I think I think that's really cool, man. I got a so couple more questions for you. I appreciate your time, man. This is we always have fun hanging out. So, man, um, you brought my mom coffee. This is the kind of guy Matt is. He brings coffee to people's moms. Jeez. So if he, if he's still single right now he might bring your mom coffee. Just saying, just saying. Um, anyway, let me, let me, let me not put the cattle call out here for this guy. So (laughs) you, (laughs) so you talked about, you know, this present and the future of helping and working with, with teams of people that you enjoy being with and making substantive changes in the world, things that make a positive impact. So it's a kind of a two-point two point question. One, who are you feeling called and compelled to help? And then two, how can we, me, um, our listeners, how can we help you to help bring that positive change into the world? Oh,
0: boy, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, one time, I was uh, hanging out with a guy who worked at a foundation and he said to me, if I gave you, you know, $10 billion, what would you do with it? And I said, well, I'd take half of it and I'd come up with a Manhattan project to solve the climate crisis, CO2 emissions, and I'd take the other half and try to help, you know, women in the developing world become fully, fully, uh, you know, f- fully um, uh, catch up to their male counterparts when it comes to access, civil rights, et cetera, and and uh, and so I, I still stand by that kind of you know off the cuff, you know what what I do with a couple billion dollars, but um, you know I I just this last in in the United States of America right now we're we're kind of these are not new problems, but I think that the the inequality that is that has just been exacerbated in this last twelve months, um, you know, I I uh, the minimum wage in the United States of America is seven dollars and twenty five cents a year, I'm sorry, an hour, and so that's about fourteen grand a year. I can't do anything with that. The average cost of healthcare for a human being in the United States of America is about eight or nine thousand bucks. Like. I don't, if, if I, if I, if I have, lo- if I have not convinced you, I, there's nothing, there is nothing I could possibly say. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know the average cost of automobile in the U.S. is eight grand, according to AAA. So you're 17 grand. It's gone. And you haven't even bought. You uh, have a place to live. You don't have no a place food. to You don't have anything, right? Like, no food. You don't have underwear. Yeah. And oh, by the way, this is the wealthiest, this is the wealthiest country in the history of human beings. Like it is, it is ridiculous. Man. And, and so I, I get, I get so, you know, I get so frustrated by by our basic inability. To, like people are literally dying in the streets of the United States of America. They have been forever. And, and there's just, there's just a zero, there's just zero political will to, to kind of serve the least among us, you know, and uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a country built on Christian values. And, uh, and so I think, um, I, 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 don't, I don't have an answer to, to, uh, it, I, I was listening to an interview with a, a woman who was doing research on the, the wealthy. And she said two things that really, um, that really struck me. She said that number one, most wealthy people in America don't think they're wealthy and uh, and, and and because we're're we're, we're at the mercy of our peer group, right and so if you're if you're in uh, you know uh, Manhattan or Gross Point or you know the Gold Coast in Chicago and you're only worth five million dollars, you probably feel like you're not that wealthy, right? Meanwhile, five million dollars is fifty times the net worth of the average American, right um, but the other thing she said was because wealthy people see a lack of social safety nets in the United States of America, they're less likely to part with their money because they're going to hoard it a little bit more because they know what it's like to not have money in the United States of America. And so my, my message to all of your listeners is that, you know, it doesn't take much to win the game. You know, like if you, if you're making, if you're making, you know, you don't have to wait until you're, you don't have to wait, you know, be honest with yourself about who you are, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't take much money to like pay for the, pay for the basic things that you need to, to live. And, and once you've kind of met that, you know, met that amount, whatever, and I, you know, it's, it's a personal decision, but you know, there's no fun being the richest guy in the graveyard or gal. And so if you can, if you can either through advocacy or the ballot box or just your own charity, uh, You know it's never too soon to start helping other people and however you feel comfortable whatever platform or dimension you feel comfortable doing that but don't you know don't lie to yourself about who you are you know if you're making a quarter of a million dollars a year or, or more or whatever whatever the number is like it doesn't take much the average household income in america is about 45 50 grand so you know don't don't kid yourself about who you are and don't 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 tell yourself little little lies about you're not wealthy even though you, just because your neighbor has a bigger, bigger car than you you're right you're rich you know you, if you're rich if you've got means you know don't lie to yourself and go help others go find a way i don't care even if it's a guy on the street and he needs 20 bucks just give the guy on the street 20 bucks it's fine it's fine even if he if spends, it he could spend it he could turn around and walk in the liquor store and buy a fifth and you know what you made his day a little better okay like <laughs> F U C K it! Who cares? Like, let him let the man have a drink.
1: I think we can spell you know?
0: that. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I I mean that. Like, just just like whatever you, whatever way you feel comfortable giving, give, and don't kid yourself about who you are if you have money.
1: Man, all right, I got I got. It. So I have one more question, but I got it. You, you said something that triggered me. Um, you said lots of things that, that were triggering with that in a positive way. Um, I, I can't I can't remember if i talking to my wife or maybe a therapist or something recently. And I was talking about entrepreneurship, and I've got i I've got I can soapbox for way too long about what entrepreneurship is all about. Like we, hey, we soapbox on your podcast, which um, is awesome. Go listen to personal finance with Professor X; it is awesome. Um, but this idea of entrepreneurship, where we create things and then we release it, and we don't know how people are going to use the things that we create but we have to be okay with recognizing that we were purposed to create that thing and we can try to make we can try to put safeguards up so that people don't do really really bad things with it um but just like giving you give and the point is that you gave from a from a from a from a healthy holy place if you will um, and you you know you hope and leave it to god to hope that they will do positive things with the gift that you released so, I think it's really cool. All right, last question for you. Um you talked a lot about the the the, the question that it was supposed to be about what would you do with 10 billion dollars? I love I love it. And your for worth, your answer surprised me. I did not I I expected a whole bunch of other answers. I was like, "Oh, climate change is dope," though, by the way.
0: That makes sense. I mean, it all the all the progress in the world doesn't mean much if we can't live here in two generations. Facts. So, you know, like it's talk about having empathy for your future self. I love uh, it, you know.
1: Um That's the answer you gave. Though, it's a rich answer. Um, It's a mature answer. And I'm curious, who are the people, the voices that help you raise your bar, raise your consciousness, raise your level of thinking?
0: I I mean, we all need a cabinet of advisors, and and that can tell you, tell it to you like it is, or help you, inspire you. Um, I mean you know, Carla Walker Miller, who, who's, who's founded an energy services company here in Detroit. I always, you know, once a, once every month or two, we'll go for a walk and she'll be like, Oh, I didn't let anybody go at work and everyone's making $15 an hour and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's just, she's just kind of personifies servant leadership for me. And so I've been, you know, i I consider her a really good friend and someone that inspired me. Um, you know, when I, uh, um, when I worked, when I did work at rock and, and ventures and Quicken, I would see some of the most talented business people in, you know, planet earth. And they were they were just so that, that kind of flow, that detachment, that objectivity, that, that you see that, that was always super inspiring. Um, but, uh, and then I have, you know, friends that are, that are kind of, you know, do-gooders that, uh, that up my game and encourage and inspire me. And, uh, you know, like, like you, you, you and Yel, my friend, and Aniela Kuzon, who, I don't know if I, she's, she works at Ford. She's always been somebody who pushed me. Um, you know, so I, I think you do have to, you know, you're the you're the average of the f- five people you spend the most time with. And so if you spend time with people that, you know, are you 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 want to find people that you can model their behavior and that they inspire you, you know, because you, you we are at the mercy of our environment.
1: That is a that is a sermon all within itself. So this right here I'm going I want to put this somewhere cuz I think it's fun. I need the story
0: behind your Casio watch. <laughs> what's the story behind this Casio watch? Yeah. What's wrong with it? What's the story? behind it? It,
1: So, you know, from the man who, who lives in it and it's self-proclaimed yuppie
0: palace. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, uh, ex- well, you know, I okay. What's your question? What's your question? I want the
1: story behind the watch.
0: Yes. What's the question behind what the story behind the watch the story behind the watch is that it uh, tells time uh, It goes with a lot of different outfits, and uh, I think it cost maybe like 50 bucks or something like that So that's the story. Behind that's the it. That's it. That is literally it. I wish I had a better story for you Like is there is there a different way you'd like to ask the question? I'll, I mean, let me see if I can go with, with a different, different way to frame
1: it. first of all the, the, I think the answer that you gave given the story that you've already told it speaks to your breath for what it's worth. Like, it's here's a person who's, who has global empathy, who has walked through a
0: series of lives. Um, it was probably made at a sweatshop, Jeff. Let's be honest. I'm not like, I'm wearing it so that I can ceremonially burn it in the street <laughs> as. A rebuke of slave labor or slave oh, okay. wages in the in the developing world. Let's oh, say. I think wait. it was probably made in China. Who knows? Uh, no, no. I, I one of my uh, okay last 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 like personal finance tip. I you you have to play you have to play the opportunity cost game. And so here's how the opportunity cost game is played. I want a Rolex watch. A Rolex watch that I want is fifteen thousand dollars. So the genie appears says. Great news, Matt! You know, lucky day. Um, he, he even sounds like Robin Williams, rest <laughs> in peace. And the genie says, "Hey, you know, I'll give you the Rolex watch of your dreams, or I'll give you fifteen. Oh, and let's not forget the sales tax. So that's another nine hundred bucks. So um, is that right? Six percent of fifteen thousand? Yeah, that's nine hundred bucks. You're paying nine hundred bucks in sales tax for a watch. And well, give me a break. So, and the genie's like, okay, so or you can have sixteen thousand or sixteen thousand bucks tax free. Tax free? What? Because you're, it's after tax money yeah, that you're yeah. using to buy the watch, True. right? So, so it has to be tax free in order for it to be uh, apples to apples. So I have always preferred the cash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so, and I think like, and I think people, you know, need to. You don't if 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 you if you have your health care and education taken care of, you know. You don't in most u.s cities you don't really need a lot to like pay the bills you know if you got some of the big stuff big ticket stuff taken care of um you know and so like i'd rather you know use that money for other stuff
1: that was a fantastic answer that was good you you it's not even off the hook you answered it well how about that so matt man i thank you friend for being here i appreciate your time and your candor um yeah. Um, how can how can we follow you? How can we continue to support who you are and what you're up to?
0: Yeah. No. I I've, I'm a I'm I'm a YouTuber now. I don't know if you heard about that. What's 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 YouTube? YouTube. It's it's a, it's a place where you, your vanity projects can come to life. I thought it was a band. Eyes. YouTube, right? YouTube. Oh, that is a band. That is oh. an amazing band. Uh, okay. Actually, that was I spent most of my like early teen years listening to YouTube. Uh, no, no. I, I have a channel, personal finance with Professor X. I, I try to really focus on helping people have a healthy relationship with their money, uh, so that that it can you know demystify it, make it easier for people to understand it's a tool and, and 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 use it to build their own wealth. So please go to Professor X Personal Finance with Professor X and subscribe and uh, and let me know what you think.
1: Awesome. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll hang out and probably have more fun off camera than on, even though on camera is awesome. I mean, awesome. you owe me a tennis match, dude. It's let I'm well. I don't. I'm on jeans right now, but I'm ready. I, actually, matter of fact, I have everything I need upstairs. So, we'll play. so we might capture some of it on camera. I haven't played in like four years though, so I need about two three games to just knock some rust off. It's all right. It's all good. I, I haven't played in a couple since the fall, so I'm, hey, I'm shut up. STC. some of them. fall. <laughs> since, I haven't played since it was warm out. My mom probably has some trophies around here somewhere. <laughs>